Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Adam, uh, man, you ever think, Adam, do you ever think, and I, this is how I, I think occasionally, just occasionally, I want, I want people listening to know this is how I shoot opened up the conversation I had with Adam before we recorded. <laughs> Adam, do you ever regret some of our life choices that we make? Of course. I mean, who doesn't, right? And maybe particularly for this episode. Sometimes people regret when they have to read nearly 15 issues of Mutant X by Howard Mackey. <laughs> it's just that's, that's too many Howard Mackey comics, I feel. When I started reading, I was like, oh, okay, yep, this would be a nice little arc. And then I was like, oh, crap, we're reading like a year of this book. I sent When I sent you that... I want to be clear, Adam. You can go back and check our DMs. I sent you it and said, I know it's long. It's also just one story. And am I wrong? No, you're right. And I was also like, yeah, this sounds great. I'm down, you know, because I'm I'm usually game for this. So for, for folks who, you know, don't know, we are talking about Mutant X this week. And uh, Zach, not not the legally distinct not the TV from the show. X-Men TV show that Marvel made. Right. Not the upcoming MCU film, The Mutants. That's not a thing. Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop saying that. And if it I is a thing, it. that's dumb because end of the day, folks, of course I'm it's sorry. not a thing. Do you know what Marvel's best quality is as an organization? <laughs> they know how it's, to sell things that are worth money? <laughs> no, not really, actually. It's that they have very okay. strong IP in marketing. And guess what? X-Men is a brand. It's a pretty exactly. good brand. They're going yeah. to use X-Men. They're, they they are not going to release a movie. Here's what I will say for 150% sure. They are not going to release a movie without the letter X in it so that they can prominently use that in all of the branding and marketing. That would oh, be absolutely. actually insane. I, I tweeted that the other day, that they're not going to do an X-Men movie without at least using the word X-Men. And people were, like, coming after me. They were like, dude, bro, it's been called The Mutants for years in development. I'm like, that did, are you crazy? Adam, anyway. Adam, 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 you you got the wrath of the MCU people. And, folks, if you are enjoying the Marvel Cinematic Universe in what we now know is the Multiverse Saga, oh, I'm happy yes. for you. I don't watch movies in phases at this point in my life. I think I watched I watched Doctor Strange with my wife and after a long spell of not really loving Marvel Cinematic Universe content, I kind of looked at her and said, "I think this is the one that did it for me. I think it's <laughs> that not was the just one. it's not just Sam Raimi's fault. I think that was the one that no. just made me say, "What am I doing?" <laughs> Folks, I can't get... I, you're not going to see me get a pop for Clea. It's just There's, not going to happen. What, 
you know what's going to be great is there's going to be this magical moment where like Kevin Feige comes out and is like, by the way, every single one of these movies was on a different earth and now they're all going to fight each other in a movie in the Kang dynasty and don't, we're all going to be like, don't. yo, that's dope. You know, no, they and, already no. said that and all I can think of is, guys, guys, here's the thing. Did they say that? Is that true? That all these movies are happening in different earths? No, they didn't say that. Oh, okay. What I thought did, I just made that up. What he did up. say is that there's a movie called The Kang Dynasty and folks... Kang is not good, and I don't know why people are like, oh, yeah, Kang. He tra- no, Kang sucks. No one enjoys some, reading a Kang story. Can we get some Immortus up in here? Um, can we get some listen. Rama Tut in this? <laughs> can we get some, what's the Iron King? Iron Lad. Is? Iron Lad. You're Iron thinking Lad. of Iron Lad. Um, I know there's other Kangs to this, but guys, oh. I'm not going to read that many Avengers comics. They, they aren't no. good, and I don't want to. You want me to get excited for Kang in the high evolutionary? Get out of here. Get out of here. You're talking about people I actively dislike now. I'll get I'll give him this. I did enjoy the I like the actor who's playing Kang, at least in the Loki nothing, series. So. I got nothing against the individuals who are cashing this paycheck. I I started to learn there are so many talented people in there. And if they can use this to have enough money to do a good film more power to him i think it was ethan hawk just got quoted as saying he did moon Knight to quote unquote put some food on the table and that he asked he like asked the ghost of paul newman if that's what he should be doing with his life and like that's how he justified it paul newman of any actor does know the value of putting food on the table (laughs) oh boy folks if you don't know paul newman paul newman the ranch dressing magnet was also a very famous actor for. Uh, I hope people know that. Oh my I god! I don't think people. I I've got to imagine people really know him more for the salad dressing than he than like Cool Hand Luke. I, I guess so. I don't yes, know. Adam, I'm hundred percent sure that there's someone right here saying, that, "That's the same guy." guy? an actor. I just eat his salsa. <laughs> <laughs> it's all nonprofit. It's all nonprofit. It's going to a good cause. Thank you, Paul That's true. for your service. He's not. That's he's true. not He's not profiting off of... God bless uh, the late Paul Newman. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. Do we say who who requested this? I don't we didn't we did. mention that Patreon supporter Alex Jacobson went on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf, reached deep down into his hearts and his pocketbooks, uh, pulled out a couple of coins, and tossed them, tossed them just right into our coffers, Adam. If you want to be like Alex, get early episodes of the show. Get an episode build around something you want. Get prizes that are to be determined. Maybe, maybe support the Patreon. And that will help support all the excellent writing that's going on over at Comics XF. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we aren't writing about Howard Mackey's Mutant X. No, and uh, we're covering so many issues of this that uh, there's quite a few artists. So we're starting with uh, Tom Rainey, who did 1 to 3. Um, and then right. Carrie Nord jumps on here. Mike Miller... Mike Miller sucks. Just be, it, until someone until someone asks me, I know Mike Miller sucks. It just he did draw this. Yeah, no. Uh, Andrew Papoy is doing most of the inks throughout this uh, run. Hold on, I'm just uh, JJ sure. Kirby shows up for a hot minute. Yep, uh, Yancey Labatt, uh, uh, Pascal Ferry. Yep. And who are we missing? Anybody? I think that's everybody. So we're talking about 
Mutant X 4 through 12 and Mutant X Annual 1999. Uh, 99 Annual is written by Jay Faber. We'll get to that. Adam, as you recall from our Mutant X episode last year, that yes. we did. Wow, that was last year. I mean, it was pretty darn close to last year. I think Jeez. it was about. I think it was about July August time frame. Um, Gee, as Willikers. You, yeah, as you remember from Mutant X, uh, what happened? What happens in Mutant X? Like, what's the, what's the high concept of Mutant X? So Alex Summers has died in the six one six, and his like essence, his soul, whatever, has transferred over to another Earth. Um, and in this Earth, the uh, X Men are like exiled into space with the Shi'ar, and he is leading the team called the Six, which consists of himself, Madeline Pryor, a version of the Beast known as the Brute, a version of Archangel called the Fallen, a version of Storm known as Bloodstorm, and what's Iceman's name? Uh, Iceman, but with a hyphen like he's Spider-Man. Ice-Man. Uh, it's, so that that's Bob is... Drake? <laughs> <laughs> so that is the six and then uh, on top of that you know it's it's a like a what if exiles alternate universe so you know there's all kinds of stuff uh you know fantastic four are different uh i think we covered that in the first time we covered this book everyone's different there's a man everybody's spider. a little different yes what? spider-man what? has eight arms and legs what we know is that inferno happened but madeline mm-hmm. Pryor didn't die uh, well, Inferno kind of happened. She saved her son, uh, and her son wasn't with Scott Summers. It was with Alex. Uh, right. Alex and taken... the son is named Scotty. Scotty. Alex has taken Alex's place. Scotty knows that he's not his dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, Scotty. Scotty seems to have some kind of latent powers that then develop later in this arc, which are not very well explained. Not very well explained. Scotty's, Scotty's a Franklin Richards. You, yeah, he's a Franklin Richards. You guys, you understand superhero comics to know what a Franklin Richards means. <laughs> well, what happens here is, as we know, Madeline Pryor, uh, she has sold her soul to the devils at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what if instead of the devil, Madeline Pryor was actually possessed by an extra dimensional entity uh, <laughs> that rivals the Phoenix Force uh, called the Goblin ate, Force? Ate the Phoenix Force. Like, it ate it. <laughs> it did eat the Phoenix Force on the Earth of Mutant X. Anyway, Madeline Pryor is the evil goblin queen. And her she what she does over this arc is slowly blackmail and hypnotize all of the six into becoming her slaves. Mm-hmm. So that she can take over the world. Well, first we're going to take over the presidency. First take right? over the presidency. First, she does displace, well, she displaces the president so that the shadow vice president, Senator Robert Kelly, uh, can, or I'm sorry, Vice President Robert Kelly, uh, can enact his agenda. And then when they don't like his agenda, uh, they overthrow him uh, with Reed Richards. And then when she doesn't like Reed Richards, she just kind of becomes, she just says, we don't need a president anymore, I guess. <laughs> right. She gets to be... She, uh kind of overlord and this this happens in a lot of weird steps you know like the it's a uh, convoluted plan right yeah i mean the uh it starts with the beast being put on trial uh in in this weird little uh sort of show trial and then 
there's there's a whole thing about uh them hiding under the heroes hiding underground where mole man is dating callisto and the thing is leading a resistance uh of of underground rebels but then it turns out that the thing is actually working for the goblin queen and no 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 the thing's not working for the goblin queen he trade he's making a deal with the goblin queen callisto callisto sells him out sells out havoc and the thing's like I don't really care about Havoc. Yeah, you can have him. It's fine. <laughs> Will you not murder my friends? Okay. He, like, agrees with Callisto is what happens. Yeah. yeah Havoc's having much. a bad day. He doesn't trust his wife. Uh, she has turned very evil. And she does try and kill him. He's trying to get Scotty away from her because she wants Scotty. It goes on like this until she throws him out of a building. And then the next issue is the 1999 annual written by Jay Favre. And if you were a betting man who knew about comics, you would say, well, this is an annual in the middle of an arc by a completely different creative team. I can skip this one, right? I don't have to read this in order. <laughs> oh, no, no. contraire. You it's need to. So it's basically important. Been, yeah, uh, it's very important. And uh, there's no real indication in the previous issue that you should go to this annual. I had to look it up. I had to look it up to figure out what we did. <laughs> I absolutely skipped it the first time I was reading Mutant X. Um, I did not feel like I understood the story more. Yeah. So uh, the X... it progresses yeah, until the X-Men come, and mm-hmm. by their powers combined, they stop the Goblin Queen and exercise the Goblin Force, and Maddie goes bye-bye into the Earth. Well... The Goblin Force goes away. Essentially, Scotty is the one that kind of resolves this whole situation, right? It just kind of ends. It goes. Yeah. It ends really quick. He purges the Goblin Force from Madeline, but Alex in the process dies, I guess, again. Uh, I guess he returns to the 616 at the end of issue 12. Issue 12 is like an oversized 38-pager. Um, and then... So Mutant X carries on, the universe carries on with Madeline going back to normal and back to being Scotty's mom. No, it doesn't. Adam, that's completely not what happens in this comic book. Isn't it? No. Why am I confusing him with the other story? What happens at the end of this? She just dies, man. She just dies. dies. Hold on. That's not what happens. Blood! Hold on. Oh, yeah, no. I'm confusing this with the other Mutant X arc. Uh, yeah, she just dies. Hold on, you're right. You're right. Watch this it, is the watch problem the when we read. St- we watched. We read too much Mutant X this week. Yeah, I don't blame you because Scotty, his son, wishes the Goblin Force away, and it kills his mom. That's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at it right now. He's basically like, "Go away," and she goes, "Ah, no," and then she's gone. <laughs> And then this there's comic up sucks, by... dude. There's people who say that Mutant X is like fun and good and worth reading, and they're wrong. The idea what... of Mutant X is fun. Here's what I like. I like a couple things about this. One, I like Carrie Nord's artwork. I think I like it's Carrie really Nord's unique and interesting. And um, the issues where he's drawing are fun. I like this version of the Beast, Brute. Is kind of fun. He's sort of like a green bat-looking dude. It's the only time that Dumb Beast has actually kind of worked. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, and I also like the... Um, uh, we mentioned this the first time we covered this book, but uh, Scotty's nanny is Electra, That's like great. from Daredevil. And that's great. And so there's this like on and off kind of like will-they-won't-they tension between Alex and Electra. 
And I like that. You're right, though. Like, aside from some kind of interesting character designs and me liking Carrie Nord's artwork, the story is incredibly repetitious. Every single issue is basically like, the Goblin Queen's gonna come and get you, And then somebody changes sides, and then they go back, and then they change sides, and they go back. And, like, it's very, very repetitious. It just keeps looping on itself until it just ends. And uh, I can't really recommend this. So this isn't a book you should read, really. There's people who... Mutant X isn't good. Guys, here's here's what I'm going to say, and we'll, we'll we'll get into this again in a minute, but, like, it, it's saying something that I'm, like, losing track of what the ending is because constantly it's, like, Goblin Queen, Goblin Queen, Goblin Queen, but Goblin Queen is not interesting here. It's basically just she's an evil entity and we got to get away from it or we got to defeat it, but there's no real rhyme or reason to any of it. It is the biggest flaw of this they found a way to make madeline Pryor boring yeah it's really not it's it's a darn shame you know and it's also like a very weird book in that they only gave this character like two and a half issues to be madeline and then it's not like this whole thing that we're talking about is like her transformation no 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 she's like evil from issue four on and uh it's not great so uh I don't think we have much else to talk about here. We should probably just rank it. Yeah, because we rank uh, we rank comic books on this podcast uh, that we've gone from best to worst. Uh, X-Men stories of all time. On the list so far, and very fitting for the Goblin Queen herself, uh, we do have a wicked 666 stories, uh, with the best story being The House of X, The Powers of Ten, the 100th story being Hickman's New Mutants, the 200th story being X and Furnace. Uh, number 300 on this list is Champions 12, which is a Cyclops solo issue. Number 400 on the list is Bishop's Crossing uh, from Uncanny X-Men. Number 500 on this list is Generation M. Number 600 on this list is the Savage Land arc of Wolverine, uh, Volume 2. That's the worst star on the list, though is at the devil number the draco which is it's appropriate <laughs> adam where do we put this bad comic well uh the first three issues of mutant x are at 408 on this list and i do not think even though i do like the artwork on a lot of it that uh it is good as the first three issues which kind of established the setting um yeah the first three issues are, are better it was better yeah. before this had a plot <laughs> well there's not much of it that's the problem this might have been fun if it was like three issues but it is not so long to read yeah absolutely so uh i think we are probably closer to we're in the 500s i think um so at 637 know. is mutant x origins number one about the mutant okay. x tv show unrelated no this is better than that i mean that is like incomprehensible drivel um is that is I, that because we didn't watch the TV show? Who can say? I, I don't know. It's a very poorly created uh, piece of media. Um, I I didn't. This absolutely... is not better. This is not better than five seventy seven Ultimate X Men Banshee. No, no, it is not. Um, but I think I did like it more than the noir books at five eighty one really? and five eighty two. I mean, I just. It, it, visually you think I, this is better than morlocks take manhattan at 590 no it's not no it's not but i, also I can always I, find i can always find the morlocks take gonna... manhattan is probably too low on this list all right no I'm working my way you down. need to remember reading that 
It's not good. You just read it a lot when you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Soul Sword Trilogy at 601? I think Soul I think... Sword Trilogy is better than this. Yeah, we're, we're in the right place. 607 though. is when Chris Claremont comes back to Wolverine to have him marry Viper, which is... I like, I like this better than that. Yeah. Is this better than Onslaught? Well, I like it better than What If Wolverine Enemy of, of the State at 603. I think X-Factor The Quick and the Dead is better, though. Yeah. All right. That's probably a good spot for it, then. It's our new number 603. Visually striking, very repetitious, and boring. Uh, Listen, I will there's commend... a lot better Carrie Nord comics out there if you want to read some Carrie Nord comics. <laughs> I will commend uh, Mutant X because, uh, for whatever reason, the series does continue. And uh, this next story we're going to talk about is the end of Mutant X. And folks, it is about as bonkers as you can get. This is Mutant X 31, 32, and the 2001 annual. So I want to paint a picture here. This comes out in... A, this comes out with a June 2001 cover date. Yep. Adam. Mm-hmm. You so know, is, this con- is this concurrent to the, the release of New X-Men? No, but it is concurrent to the release of X-Men Volume 2, number 113. Uh, the end of Eve of Destruction. <laughs> right. Oh, the issue okay. before New X-Men. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So the answer is concurrent? No. Directly before, yes. They 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 had to make a decision and they had to tell Howard Mackey, you, you need to finish your little project that you got going on there. Well, oh. he decides to basically like go off the rails here at the <laughs> at the end of this book. So, for an arc before this, there was a whole thing with Wolverine and uh, Jean Grey, mm-hmm. uh, who does exist in this universe, and Marco Yoshida, and Captain America. And listen, it kind of feeds into this, but we're not going to deal with that. Captain America fights Havoc and gets sent into a hole in the ground. Well, hold on. First, we have to keep in mind that it is, like, Captain America who has been hulking out and becomes, like, the spirit of America as he battles against, like, I guess, like, Weapon X robots or something. Um, Man, I'm and- not, I, I, could, I could tell you what happened, but I don't remember. <laughs> It's like, I have read all of the issues that came before this. Yeah, we just need to point and paint. We we need to point this out so we can paint a picture of how weird this is. Because we've got Ron Lim of Silver Surfer fame, uh, you know, cashing a paycheck here. It's not his best work. Ron Lim from the Infinity Gauntlet? (laughs) Yes. Ron Lim from (laughs) X-Men 2099? That's the guy. Uh, So we have giant Captain America, who then is defeated by havoc and then crumbled into the ground uh where he is what like absorbed or like i don't know it's revealed that this universe has a beyonder who's been sleeping i am from beyond (laughs) slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours so while this is happening while captain america giant captain america is subsumed by the beyonder Havoc is then bit by Dracula. So oh, yeah, he... so Dracula shows up. <laughs> Y'all know, here's the thing about Dracula in the Mutant X universe. Marvel Comics Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, who has such a detailed Marvel continuity. It's 
it is beautiful that Vlad Dracul is just like he's an ongoing concern. Like there are currently X Men uh, ongoing X Men subplot about how Dracula has his own nation in Chernobyl, and also Blade is the sheriff of Vampire Nation. <laughs> I don't think the U. Honestly, honestly, if the UN was going to recognize uh, Chernobyl as the vampire nation state, I do think it was pretty uh, bad of the UN to assign Blade, a guy who murders vampires on the reg, to be the sheriff of the vampire nation. <laughs> I don't think that's quite... how yeah, that, autonomy that... works of a nation seems anti-inhuman rights um i'm not saying i'm not saying dracula is a good leader or that that country is well run mm. i do not think that they should have the guy who's murdered the most vampires policing it that feels like a hate crime i hear you i mean vampires are undead though so i don't know if they actually like do they geneva conventions apply to them i don't know Blade actively deads their undeadness. He removes the unpart. That's what Blade yeah. does. Blade does not appear in this comic, by the way. No, Dracula no Blade. Does. Uh, however, by the time we get to the annual, things go absolutely off the rails because yeah, we you don't think have. By the Ron time Hamm they got Lim. the annual, Howard Mackey was like, "Oh crap, I'm, I'm grossly out of pages. I do not oh, have absolutely. enough time to wrap up this." multi-year story absolutely well i mean even the last arc we just talked about didn't have actually that much story to tell but he's clearly just trying to do something as wacky as possible because we are like first of all ron Lim disappears for the annual and we get james fry and then we are reintroduced to the x-men we are uh introduced to dr strange we did not mention the dr strange of mutant x from that first arc we talked about who is the dr strange of mutant x oh it's it's a man thing it's a man it's a, thing. It's a man thing it rules <laughs> we didn't mention how in the annual havoc goes to citrus grove florida uh and destroys the nexus of all realities which right. i don't know how you can destroy that because it's just like a thing in a swamp Anyway, he absorbs the Nexus of All Realities and becomes the Nexus of All Realities, uh, right, which is how he can do something. Doesn't because matter. the Goblin Force wants to um, conquer all of reality, right? It's kind of like yes. a Shadow King thing. Yeah. So regardless, regardless, Doctor Strange is a man thing. And that is actually <laughs> the best part of Mutant X. Yeah. It's, it's a good design, are... too. Like, honestly, it works. Yeah. There are some really bonkers things. Um, a, another weird thing that pops up in the Mutant X Annual 2001 is the Lethal Legion, uh, which features Fin Fang Foom, Devil Dinosaur, a version of Moon Knight, um, Gargoyle. Oh, that's and, Moon Knight Boy? Yes, Moon Knight that's, Boy. That's that's Moon that's Moon Boy from Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur? You know, from, from Fallen Angels, the X-Men character Moon Knight Moon Right, Boy. but he's Moon, Moon Knight Boy. Uh, Honestly, Gargoyle, that is great. A desiccated version of Brother Voodoo, who kind of looks like a like a mummy without his wrappings. Sherry it, the Showgirl, uh, aka Sherry Storm, and Slapstick are on a team, and they are fighting the Beyonder. Yes, you heard that right, Slapstick. So not only that, but we're we're seeing like every character from this universe just pop up in this issue. Um, and if you go through the, the Marvel wiki, you'll see all the characters who are there. And it's just bonkers. Like, you could tell Mackie is just like, hey, 
I, you're canceling my book. Let's get crazy. Let's get nuts. They all die. Everybody dies. Either by it's... the Beyonder or by Dracula. Right. Eventually. Two pronged threat here. Eventually, Bloodstorm does kill her blood sire, uh, Dracula. Mm hmm. And I guess. I don't know what that means, except for that she's killed Dracula. Dracula really does gone. it very, very casually, too. You know. She talks a big game about it, but it really doesn't affect her because the story is going too fast. It doesn't have time to check in on the six. What it does have time to do is have Alex fight the Beyonder. And Adam, were you expecting the twist at the end of this? <laughs> that the Beyonder is not the Beyonder. The Beyonder is the Goblin Queen. <laughs> it is Madeline. And For like she, the last five pages of the book, he's like, actually, the Goblin Queen's back. Oh, it is! It is really something. And, that uh, is a good Madeline moment. I would, I would love Madeline to be like, surprise! I was the Beyonder the whole time. <laughs> that part's it's, good. It's not bad. And uh, this is the part that I was talking about before: is that Alex does uh, somehow defeat the Goblin. He uses, he uses the Nexus of all realities that he has to right. embrace the Goblin Force in all realities. Yep. So, um, you know, Madeline is returned to her normal state and Alex is then going back to the 616. Um, so I apologize for getting that wrong after the uh, the first arc that actually happens. Well, what he says is he absorbs the Goblin Queen in every reality into the nexus of all realities. But that isn't true because we still have Madeline oh, prior stories. That's right. And, and we'll be talking about some more Goblin Queens in a second. But uh, yeah. This one, I have, I applaud the chutzpah in like just going for it and throwing everything up on the wall. This really feels like one of those what if issues where they're they're just trying whatever they feel like, you know. <laughs> it does, it does. Is it good? No, <laughs> no, it's not good. Thank you, Ron Lynn yeah. is doing his best. You know no, what? He's, he's not, not actually. No, he's yeah. not. I'm sorry. I'm glad we both came to that conclusion at the same time. He's absolutely not. No, he is not doing his best work here. Uh, however, it's it's legible, and you know we can we can you know read the story, but it's just ridiculous. And the fact that Mackie does come back to that the the villains are not even the villain. It's still the Goblin Queen is just kind of funny to me at this point. Honestly, so at that, at that point, the first time I read it, I shook my head. I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'm not even mad anymore. This has been a miserable 32 issues and three annuals. <laughs> but honestly, you pulled you pulled a fast one right at the end. Yeah. So um, for that uh, level of uh, you know just cojones, I think I might rank this higher than the other one. I don't this know. This is this is better than the first one because it's not as long. Uh, it's shorter. And it's wackier. Like, it's got that sort of, like, bonkers feel to it that I do appreciate. So, I it's not much higher, you know. This is not better than 574 X-Men uh, The Infinites of Evil. Which is no. another secretly I'm Madeline Pryor story. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed um, to say it's a Madeline Pryor wig reveal? I feel like I'm too straight to say that. Is that appropriative? I'm not the person to tell you that. Uh, but if point. you if you're questioning it, maybe it's not. You know, folks. I mean? Folks, let let us know in the comments if I'm allowed to say it's a Madeline Pryor wig reveal. I'm on the fence. It is <laughs> weird do... that it happens frequently. <laughs> it happens 
it's a lot, actually. Because Matt Fraction also does this. It's true. It's true. So I do think this is better than uh, those issues of Captain Marvel um, where they do the, oh, the one... backstory. Yeah, that was bad. That That's was a bad, bad Fabian. I think this is There's better There's a reason than... why people didn't believe you for a while because no one wanted to read those bad comics, Fabian. <laughs> I think it's probably better than uh, those two issues of X-Men The Hidden Years at 585. Is it better than Incredible Hulk 161, a comic I cannot tell you anything about? Well, is that... Is, which one is Incredible Hulk 161? Is that the one where um, they... Oh, that's the one where Beast and the Hulk uh, yeah. do the secret. No, it's not better than that. Yeah, that's better. So this that's is our new, better. what, 585? Yeah, let's make our new All 585. Right. Cool. What a well, wild you... world the world of Mutant X is. Do you know what I think is funny about Mutant X, Adam? What's that? So... Right after this, you know, like you, like you astutely pointed out, uh, it goes into the Grant Morrison era uh, mm-hmm. where all the mm-hmm. X-Books relaunch. Right. You ever think about how they did make a decision to let Howard Mackey have a book in that relaunched era, but they did think it would sell better if they didn't say Howard Mackey was writing it? <laughs> uh, well, especially given what that book was, those are not... Oh, the book, the book about the terrorists. The yeah. book that they... The book that they put out, like, four months before 9-11 happened. And then 9-11 happened. And then they said, Jesus Christ. yeah, we've, we've got to wrap up this book yeah, about the terrorists. Maybe this is a bad idea. We've got to not do the terrorist book, Howard. Just let's yes. keep your name off of it for 20 years. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> Fall on the wayside. Um, well, our third story is not written by Howard Mackey and is not a Mutant X story. What is it, Zach? Uh, it is X-Men Blue 10 through 12, part of the Toil and Trouble arc. Mm. Uh, it's written by friend of the show Cullen Bunn, uh, mm-hmm. with pencils by Giovanni Valletta, uh, Douglas Frashin, uh, Scott Hanna on some of those inks. Hey, this is a weird one. You remember when this was the good X-Men comic, Adam? Yeah, um, so... If People folks don't were... realize how dire 2017 was. <laughs> Things started to turn around in 18. I'll give them that. Things started to turn around in 18. But 17? 17 was rough, folks. Yeah. So, folks, if you don't remember X-Men Blue, it kind of starts with uh, Magneto leading the time-displaced 05. And then we immediately, in the first like five issues, get reintroduced to... Um, Jimmy Hudson from the Ultimate Comics universe, who is here, and then we're talking about Colin, Ultimate Wolverine, Ultimate the Ultimate Wolverine. Ultimate Wolverine. That's right, and the Ultimate Comics colon Wolverine. Before we can even continue that story, uh, Colin Bunn is forced to write stories that have to do with Secret Empire. So we've covered some of those, and now we're post Secret Empire. And he is trying desperately to try and follow up on a bunch of stuff that he started in his first couple of issues that he has been derailed by. And he's trying to follow up on some of the stuff that uh, his friend Dennis Hopeless had done with the all new X-Men because he's trying to, you know, do that character. And he's trying to link in the Inferno uh, war zones from Secret Wars by bringing the Goblin Queen, who also appeared in Dennis Hopeless's All-New X-Men, over into this story as well. So there is a lot going on here, Zach. Folks, 
I, I don't want to go out of my way and call uh, Cullen Bunn the Howard Mackey of his day. I think I think there's other people, but Cullen Bunn's a good hand, and was he was dealt a bad one with X Men Blue. Go listen to our interview with Cullen Bunn that we did like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's pretty blunt about what this experience was like. Yeah, and uh, Cullen- we know that Cullen knows how to write. The this particular arc is interesting because. I think it has some really fun ideas in it. Um, It is not helped at all by the very bland artwork that is in these issues. Um, These are, if these are dudes, I don't, I'm, I'm a big comics guy. I don't recognize these names. Yeah. You know, this Uh, book started out strong with art too. And it just, yeah. Valletta only did 15 issues for Marvel. Frosting only did 17. Okay. Or is it Listen, even 17 no, no issues? no shame to either of them. They're doing okay. Two. Frushing only yeah. did these two They're... for Marvel. Oof. That's not a good oh, wow. sign for him. Okay. Yeah. Oof. That's... Man, no. I'm no. sorry. That's wrong. Ooh, Valletta only did uh, two as well. I miscounted things. Yeah, he oh. did. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So these are not what I would call all-stars. No, um, and it, it's not that the work is illegible. It's not like, you know, absolutely terrible or anything like that. It's just dull. And unfortunately, Boring. this story kind of requires somebody to have a more fantastic visual sensibility because essentially what the story is about is that Goblin, we, we know going into this story that um, this this time-displaced Hank has sort of developed this, um, you know, this ego issue where he doesn't feel like he's living up to his potential and has been studying sorcery and goblin queen is basically saying like look let me teach you how to do this stuff so i can help you return uh you know the o5 to your original timeline and instead the goblin queen of course is a villain and (laughs) manages to bring over a variety of time displaced and universe displaced characters including an alternate universe colossus pixie a and a bloodstorm, right? Are there anybody yep. else? Uh, the nightcrawler that's a dragon that she rides. Yes, the nightcrawler that's a, a dragon from Inferno. So, um, Gene and Scott are going through stuff, whatever. Magneto and uh, Polaris are, I guess, having some bonding time. Danger is training Iceman. Man, but most Bond of is, these. Bud really was trying to do too much in this book. Yeah, we even have the return of the Raksha. Uh, the, the, um, where are these guys from? Are they? Jet- They're from they Madripoor. They're, They're from Madripoor. They're, They're mutants who live in Madripoor who uh, want to be just like their hero Patch, which I actually <laughs> love in concept. Like, if Glaze, if Gazing Nightshade shows up on Krakoa, I'll be like, heck yeah, let's go. Yeah, the designs but, are kind of neat, I, but unfortunately, the artists who have drawn those characters, they they don't sell it. You know? No, they're just they're. They are neat when they are drawn uh, like they were back in, what was it, X-Men Blue number six? Yeah, maybe their first appearance. Right at, Yeah, right at the start with uh, Ray Anthony Hart and Ramon Box. Uh, yep. Like, those are those are good steady hands. Those are good artists, and we don't well, get that here. We didn't even mention that, that while all of that is going on, you also have this Mother Vine subplot that is going on with Jimmy Hudson trying to figure out his origins here, and you've got Miss Sinister. There's an attack scene with the Blob who's being experimented on in terms of Oh, no, of that's like not goo. Blob. Adam, he that's not Blob. He thinks he's the Blob. 
Thinks that's he's ultimate dead. blob. Oh, get out. Oh, that's right. Adam, all of this are ultimate characters. You right, know about Mother. Right. I'm sorry. Have you not read Mother Vine is from right. Ultimate Comics Colin Wolverine about yes. Jason yes. Uh, Yeah, Colin Bunn was like, I did one Ultimate Comics miniseries and I wasn't really done with that plot. I like the idea. Mother Vine's an interesting idea because it's building off of the idea that mutants are, as revealed in Ultimatum, uh, man made in that's right. the ultimate universe as essentially it's weapon plus stuff don't worry about it but it does tie into like the second arc of ultimate x-men so like it it makes sense in that world uh colin bunder says okay so they can just make more mutants so what's this thing it's called mother Vine. let's go let's go with it i do like <laughs> this, that idea yeah but it never really goes anywhere unfortunately well, there's so, that whole arc that i remember being longer than it needed to be i don't know if it's bad or good hmm. it's probably not great it's when it's when X Men Blue, uh, what's it called? Oh yeah, it it goes through its worst phase where there is a Venom crossover, and then the actual cast of the book is in Venomized. Yes, and that's that whole annual and oof, oof, magoof. Then um, the entire rest of the team, who is just completely unrelated to the rest of X Men Blue, is like, we're a new team now. Uh, we're gonna not do Venom stuff, and we're gonna do X Men things. I remember that. It's so weird, right? Guys, if you've not read this, it is bizarre to look back at this era. Adam, we bought these issues. We became friends over these <laughs> comics. And people people wonder why it's like, oh, some people are too lax on the X-Men books that come out today. Yeah, that's because they were buying X-Men books in 2017. And we have seen the Barren Wastes. <laughs> and we have seen the Valley of Plenty. And it's we are we are willing to appreciate stark, stark difference uh, when you read some of this stuff that does seem to be treading water a little bit. I, here's what I will say. Um, so just to so for folks who haven't read this, um, Bloodstorm does help the Beast sort of overcome uh, Goblin Queen's control, and they are able to cast off the Goblin Queen as and you know so she's not controlling the multiverse or whatever she's trying to do, right? Um, and then Bloodstorm sticks around and becomes part of the team. For a short period of time until she's killed off and exterminated. Um, listen, which is listen. pretty messed up. I understand. I understand that they said we got this. We got this weird vampire storm now, and she's not going to make sense on Krakoa. Can someone? <laughs> can someone throw? A, can someone like stake her through the heart? Like we don't need that. There is stuff here that I that I appreciate. Um, I'm. I under yeah. there is there is a there is definitely a real comics writer trying to do some stuff with both hands tied behind his back and i can sympathize with that but i don't want to read it it's tough because you can tell that the most that he's being allowed to do is add another member to the team you know they're the lasting consequences of anything that can happen with most of this stuff is is it's not you know there's nothing there you know i bet i bet if we asked colin bunn if he was proud of this arc of x-men blue i bet he'd say Proud of the paycheck. <laughs> hey, the, glad, glad I glad I got to do it. Listen, he. I thought I thought there was some interesting ideas. Yeah, did work out. He's well. playing around with the the hopeless Goblin Queen, which I think is fun. I do have a soft spot for White Sorcerer Beast, um, and I do wish that they would bring something back from that because I I do think that one of the most interesting things that did happen with this era and with the O five is that Beast 
instead of just being tech minded also became magically minded and it it would be great if that could get like somehow integrated back but i know they won't because they don't want to even acknowledge this time period it's just it's a you got to explain so much you really don't explain why beast why beast can do wizard things now no i you don't i mean it's not even like it was that long ago it's only five years ago no but but people people have an assumption of who and what beast is and this goes against the this wizard beast is a acceptable sacrifice to the fact that comics need to regress to the norm yeah i guess i don't know they've always wizard wizard beast isn't the one on the upcoming x-men cartoon that looks bad it looks like it's for children like the original x-men cartoon is i'm just 31 <laughs> i thought it looked kind of good my kids my son is gonna <laughs> love it I'm very interested about that. They've been they showed stills of that at SDCC, and I thought it looked kind of neat. The stills looked bad. The stills looked really bad. They look like the original cartoon. They are very going. They are going for that style. So, Adam, the thing about the original cartoon is that Marvel literally made it for as cheap as possible. I, I know that. You know that. It's still they a took visual... money from other cartoons <laughs> they were making to make it. It's a visual language they're trying to use. I thought it looked kind of neat. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's rank this because um, I I do think that for all its flaws, it's still probably better than both of those Mutant X stories for sure. Oh, it's absolutely better than both of those Mutant X stories, and it's it's a crime that we would even have them in this similar breath. Yeah, is it better than? Yes, it's better than the Secret Empire arc, though it does have a funny parallel with the Secret Empire arc, where Gene looks over to Scott and says. How many of our villains have you had sex with? <laughs> uh, um, and he's like, I guess these two, but I don't know. Yeah, he do- he doesn't really know. Is this better than Iceman Volume 1, though, at 562? No. No, I don't think it is. Um, it's better than the Cable and X-Force Annual 97. Yeah, so this is going to be our 563? This will be 563. Yeah. Look at that. Look, it's from a an interesting time period, and I I say that in only like corporate structure because obviously these writers uh, were definitely being like pushed into a corner uh, for many years. Listen, listen, listen! You got to judge it within the context of the time exactly it came out. Absolutely, with. it was the before times. We didn't know that you could still do good X Men comics. <laughs> we were really confused. We thought Tom Taylor was the best we could get. We know better now. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, some fun uh, extra dimensional Goblin Queenie. That was actually a lot of Goblin Queenie stuff. Yeah, that's why I picked them all up. Yeah, I, I was like, let's keep doing Goblin Queen stuff and Bloodstorms in all of these. Yeah. So there's a nice little parallelism uh, there. Liked it. Thank you, thank you for noticing all the hard work I put into this podcast because I know Alex Jacobson does. <laughs> I don't put any hard work into it anymore. Adam does the editing now, and it's uh, a boon uh, for my life. There's two of us here, Zach. It's team, okay? Fun fact, folks. If I was still doing the editing, we wouldn't be doing a podcast anymore. (laughs) Uh, We wouldn't have done 260 episodes of this great podcast. Uh, Thanks to Adam Editing and also to Patreon supporters like Alex Jacobson. Uh, Seriously, folks, it's the reason why we are able to continue doing this. We would have burnt out long ago if we didn't know that there were people who actually liked it what we talk about adam what do you want to plug 
I don't have anything to plug this week. Uh, check out my Twitter at Arthur Stacy And Zach, what are we doing next week? Well, Adam, this is a fun thing. I don't know because we <laughs> definitely already covered what we were going to cover next week and it's on the list. Oh my goodness. We have a, we have a duplicate request. All right. So, uh, so listeners will be surprised when they tune in next week. Folks, you're going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Because I don't know what we're covering next week. <laughs> and neither do I. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We'll push up we'll push one up a week. Let's cover Excalibur. We'll cover some Excalibur stuff. We haven't done Excalibur in a while. We we are still low on Excalibur when you look at our list. So uh, let's let's do some Excalibur. We are we are an Excalibur light podcast, and I think we need to change that. Maybe we get some Warren Ellis in here, some Ben Robb, a little bit of Alan Davis. Yeah. Let's get it going. Uh Really, really, let's do that. But until then, folks, this has been Bow the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!